Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for waking us up the first day of the last month of 2020. We thank you for your grace and presence in our hearts for this day, because it's not just another day of a survival, but it's another day of a participating in your divine nature. Thank you for saving us with your love and sharing your glory with us. As Peter was grateful and committed to your calling, help us recognize the same precious blessing of your saving love and glorious calling today through your word. In the most divine name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Uh, let's read 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12 to 21. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12 to 21. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them, are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it's a right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know I will soon put it aside, as our Lord Jesus has made clear to me, and I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be, you will always be able to remember these things, for we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of His Majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to Him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With Him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with Him on the sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things, for prophecy never had its origin in the human will. But prophet, though human, spoke from God as they were, carried along by the Holy Spirit. Today, Peter was telling us that everything he does is to help us after his departure. Verse 15, he said, I'll make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. Peter said, after my death, I want you to continue what I taught you with a, with a clear memory. I think more than anyone, Peter lived every day of his life in light of his coming death. And when Peter was forgiven by Jesus, he was restored his apostleship. There, he also received a prophecy about his death from Jesus himself. John 21, verse 18, Jesus said, Very truly I'll tell you, Peter, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. 
And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify. So Peter was a very aware of his end. His end will be very uh, in difficult way to end it. And uh, uh, definitely crucifixion is in mind because he said the uh, uh, place that you do not want to go. <laughs> he fled from Jesus' crucifixion, and but at the end he was able to go where he couldn't go before. But notice here Jesus, uh, Peter called his death, my departures. Peter knew that death was not the end of his life, but an entrance to join Jesus in glory. And Peter has such a confident outlook toward the death. Why? Because he saw the resurrection and ascension of Christ. Once again, one thing we learn from here is that without a confident faith about death in Christ, we cannot live a committed life. Our commitment to God comes from our confidence in God's truths and promises, embodied and confirmed by Jesus. So Peter's life mission, especially in this juncture of his life, was to remind other Christians to remember God's words with confidence and conviction. So in the last will kind of letter here, Peter was reminding them and refreshing their memory about his teaching. And notice this, among all his teaching points, Peter focuses on one particular doctrine and truth more than others. That is verse 16. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in power. Coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in power. The return of Christ in glory and judgment at the end of history was Peter's main focus in this letter. In, in fact, Peter highlights this point by returning into this uh, point uh, again at the end of the letter, chapter 3, verse 1 to 13. In other words, Peter was uh, framing a kind of inclusio. Do you remember inclusio? Same idea at the beginning, at the end. So why does Peter focus so narrowly on this one doctrine while ignoring or saying little about other important matters such as Christ's atoning death, his victorious resurrection, and the work of the Holy Spirit? Why just on the Christ's return or parousia and the judgment? It was because the false teachers at the time were attacking Christians' truth at precisely this point, Peter makes it clear in later chapter 3, verse 3 and 4, where he warns his readers of scoffers coming, and they will say, where is this coming or Perusia that Jesus promised? So Peter hints that he is also here thinking that about the false teachers and their agenda by denying that uh, apostles' teaching about Christ's return comes from cleverly invented story. And Peter was saying that, no, it's not a cleverly invented story. The parousia, the coming of the Lord, or as you learn, the royal visitation of Jesus at the time, and his final judgment, was, uh, you have to know this, this is not a, uh, uh, the later uh, doctrine that Peter uh, developed. 
it was a stable and a essential component of Peter's teaching and early Christians' proclamation from the beginning. If you look at the Acts chapter 3, Peter's first sermon, Peter called his uh, uh, hearers to repent that, uh, that the times of refreshing may come from the Lord, that he may send Christ, who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophet. So Peter included Jesus' return and judgment, uh, even in the first sermon. Again, when Peter went to Cornelius' house, he also, again, he, he, he testified in Acts chapter 10, verse 42, that the one whom God has appointed as a judge of a living and dead was Jesus. So to back up his main point, Peter reminds his readers of two things. His personal testimony of eyewitnessing Jesus in glory at the Mount of Transfiguration, which was written in Matthew 17, and the reliability of a scripture and its prophecy. And about the Mount Transfiguration, uh, Peter was uh, uh, reminiscing or reminding and saying here in verse 17, Jesus received the honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came from, to him from majestic glory. Majestic glory is a Shekinah glory, saying that this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. For Peter, just like John, who described Jesus as the incarnate word or eternal word of God. God's word means Jesus. As some of you uh, remember from Livingstone Bible study, this God's word, the Father's word, this is my son whom I love, with him I'm well pleased. Actually, and then God said, listen to him. Uh, Peter is actually listening to that and they're repeating here. So he, he skipped the listen to him, but you know, when God said to the three disciples, apostles at the Mount Transfiguration, that simple you know, statement is a summary of the entire Old Testament. That uh, this is my son whom I love, that comes from the Psalm 2, 7. Psalm chapter 2, verse 7. The Psalm 2 is a famous royal messianic psalm. And with him I'm well pleased. That is uh, Isaiah 42, 1. The uh, uh, suffering servant song, one of the suffering servant passage, and as you know, listen to him. That is a divine version of a Shema, the Deuteronomy six four. Here, Israel, the Lord your God is one. So, what God told the three disciples, and including Peter, is that Jesus is a conclusion and main point of a scripture. So here is a daily breath for all of us. Everything will end with a Jesus, brothers and sisters. Everything will end with a Jesus. So make a Jesus your end point. Listen to him always, especially now and here. Then you will live an effective and productive life as God calls you. Let us make a Jesus our end point today. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, you are our everything.
because you first made us your everything. You were born and lived and died and rose again for us. As you will return for us, help us to live today for your glory. Help us to make you endpoint of everything we say and we do. In the everlasting life, name of Jesus we pray. Amen.